0: Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com.
1: Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippi, and welcome back to a special guest episode of That Trippi Show. One of the reasons I joined the Lincoln Project is that to defeat this authoritarian movement, we're up against, we have to put petty politics aside and come together. We're up against a very unified, top-down machine. uh, So to beat them, we can't have ridiculous purity tests or squabble about minor details or even... You know, I, I look forward to the days when we can have uh, debates about marginal tax cuts, but that's that's not where we're at. And one of the people who shares that view with me is former Congressman Joe Walsh. Um, we, <laughs> I, I I just remember even on on air a couple times uh, getting into some really uh, uh, back and forth uh, arguments on, on on policy, but always uh, respected his view. And he's been out there quite a bit. Joe's got a podcast, White Flag with Joe Walsh, that we'll get into a little bit more and we'll include a link uh, to his show in our show notes, try to give it a listen. Joe's using his megaphone to help build the pro-democracy coalition, just like we've been doing on this podcast. So we're glad to have him on. Joe, uh, welcome.
2: Hey, Joe Trippi, it's it's an honor to be with you. I mean that. And even though you and I have been on opposite sides of the aisle, I uh, I have always been a fan of your work, my friend.
1: Well, thanks, <laughs> But Well, it's the same. I mean, like I said, we had, we've had, we've had our share of arguments, but uh, particularly during this really difficult time for our country, I think, in terms of saving off uh, this authoritarian movement uh, that's taken over. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not taken over; it is. <laughs> The Republican Party now. Our listeners know that you know how I joined the the Lincoln Project and what we've been trying to do. Joe, for for background, how did you come around to where to what you're doing now? I mean, I, I saw you tweet that I don't think the GOP has been taken over by libertarians. It's been taken over by authoritarians. When, how did you get there from where we were and you know when we were doing debates on TV and and other things together?
2: Back in the day, Joe Trippi, when you and I were arguing about stuff on MSNBC, I miss those days. Uh, it's Look, this has been a wild ride. I got elected in 2010, you know, one of the faces of the Tea Party movement. I went to Washington to raise hell about spending, went after Republicans and Democrats, and then I found myself on conservative talk radio doing my thing. And uh, then, then Trump came along, Joe, and uh, I will take this to my grave, and I've publicly apologized for it. I voted for Trump in 2016, not because I loved him or liked him. I just didn't pay enough attention to him. I understood why people were voting for him, because those were those were my same people. I got it. I understood it. We wanted a disruptor. Well, he turned out to be evil. I mean, a horrible human being. And, and right after he got elected, Joe, I started to pay attention to him. And in pretty short order, I said, what the hell? This guy's unfit. He lies every time he opens his mouth. And I started to turn against him day by day, week by week, month by month. I started to get beaten over the head by my talk radio people because I was pissing everybody off. But then I finally turned against Trump for good once and for all in Helsinki, the twom- 20, summer of 2018, in what I still consider to be one of the greatest acts of disloyalty ever. And then, and then Joe, I, I tried to get Mitt Romney, John Kasich, somebody to primary him in 2020. Nobody would. So I said, what the hell, I'm going to do it. I didn't have a prayer, but I just felt like it needed to be done. It's been a crazy ride.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, what happened? It was, you know, I mean, obviously, I I, I was out there uh, doing everything I could in 2016 to, to to, to stop him, him from being elected president. But uh, it was January 6th that made me to stop thinking about this as as Republicans versus Democrats or right versus yeah. left. This is all of us, uh, democracy versus its opponents, its its uh, its enemies, and uh, it's just amazing. Talk about this, you know, uh, Liz Cheney, uh, I, I saw that you said on CNN that, that Cheney lost because the GOP is now fully anti-democracy. She, she lost by 40 points, Joe. I mean, it, it's pretty clear the party is completely purged the, the never-Trumpers. Yeah. Again, like I said, it's now democracy against its enemies. And the party, as you said, is pretty clearly now become fully anti-democracy
2: the base of the party is fully radicalized and i've said often that look people like me helped to do that you know uh, the tea party helped lead to trump the republican party base felt ignored for a long long time the establishment ignored them then tea party people like me came along and we riled them up and so by the time a demagogue like trump in 2016 came to the scene and he said, I'm going to build a wall and keep black and brown people out. Man, that was it. The deal was done. They're fully radicalized. They don't believe in the truth. They've really given up on democracy, Joe. They, I hear it every day from these people. They want a strong man to give them back the America they thought they had. So uh, Joe Walsh... Uh, I gotta ask this though.
0: So, like, I mean, the Tea Party. I mean, when when you were in Congress, I mean, that was what ten percent of the of, of maybe the electorate. And the the difference was, at least to to to, to us and some of the 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 questions we've been getting is there wasn't this like strongman populism like you said about it right there was still this and i'm not trying to to go back and change what the tea party was about but it was there was a a a, just a very strong fiscal conservative like there was a policy base to it that trump has just never had is that fair
2: you're spot on you're spot on alex It, it was all policy based we were all pissed off about the debt and I was as pissed off at Republicans as I was as, at Democrats. But you know what, Alex and Joe, I even back then, though, I heard some of this authoritarian stuff being talked about. I didn't recognize sufficiently how strong the authoritarian impulse was in the party. And we went to Washington, the Tea Party did, to try to stop government spending. We didn't do anything. And so then I think the uglier aspect of the Tea Party, the more nationalist side, the authoritarian side, I think that's what Trump tapped into.
0: Well, and that's what you know all these candidates who are trying to essentially mini-me Trump now or sense this weakness. I mean, and, and Trippy, we can get into this too, but you look at the other, the, the people that are trying to run for 2024, other than one notable exception we'll get to in a sec, but they're all trying to echo this, grab grab hold of that authoritarian base and just, it, it's not about the policy
2: anymore. Not at all. And, and, and guys, that always disappointed me. I mean, look, these guys were my colleagues and friends, guys like Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows back when he was there, uh, Mick Mulvaney, a lot of these guys. And I thought they were like me. They were like constitutional conservatives, limited government, limit spending. And then they all on a dime, they, they turned and they supported this guy who, who doesn't believe in the rule of law, who doesn't give a damn about spending. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's just so disappointing.
1: What's your reasoning for why there's so few Liz Cheney's people who had the courage, of, you did, you know, to, to, to run in 2020? I mean, it doesn't surprise me that there are a, a whole bunch of people in fear of their base and Trump, you know, coming at them. That's a, something you expect. The total, no courage at all. I mean, not, like a handful of people that remain. Why is that? Is it the base or is it Trump? What What is it that's because
2: you look, Joe, at what happened to me when I turned on Trump publicly five years ago. I lost everything. Yeah, I was on two hundred radio stations around the country. I was on Fox News every day, and that all went away in an afternoon. Liz Cheney, the minute she publicly came out against Trump after January 6th, she knew she was gonna lose everything. She knew she was gonna lose. And and so, look, I've spoken to a lot of my former colleagues over the years, most of them, Joe, and you know this, most of them agree with what I say about Trump. Um, They don't wanna lose, they don't wanna lose their, their office. Uh, if you're on talk radio or Fox News, you don't want to lose your show and your ratings. So that's a big part of it. And, and the other thing is, and many of them tell me this privately, they're cowards in that they're waiting for the Trump storm to go away. They always just told me privately over the last five years, don't worry, Joe, Trump's going to lose in 2020, then he's going to go away and, and r- the Republican Party will be back. So they just kind of hid under their beds for 4 or 5 years. Um and and, and they're wrong by the yeah. way. Uh, Trump's not going away.
1: Yeah, I, it's easy for someone like me to stay remain a democrat and then join the Lincoln Project, and talk to people about why we need to to join with Republicans, former Republicans, independents, Democrats all come together and fight the enemies of democracy, which I I fervently believe, but it, you know, I have a lot more respect for the Liz Cheney's, you and, and and the people, the Lincoln Project that I joined, because it is like literally, I don't have to walk away from my party and worry about it. They all knew when they did it, when you did what you did. Liz Cheney knew. Yeah. Galen, uh, uh Stewart, uh, you know Rick Wilson, yep. all of them knew. I know because I've sort of been a rebel in my own party, taken on a couple of of incumbents, and I know how. I know you get punished. I've been. Yeah. I have been. Uh, there's a lot of people in the party still don't forgive me for, for Howard Dean. Yeah. But but my point is, you know, I, I was able to stay in the party, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, <laughs> and, and help elect uh, uh, Doug Jones and and Jerry Brown and others, you know. I mean, but but I I know what it's like when you're just sort of taking on uh, some of the powers in your part in your party. Yeah. Uh, what the punishment is, walking away from it, particularly with with somebody like Trump who is just got it, you know, holding the entire thing hostage and knowing exactly what was gonna happen is just, I, I just, it speaks more to the courage of the of the people that, that have stepped up and probably, that also probably does explain the answer to my question, why so few have had the guts to do that.
2: Well, and, and Joe, you've been in this world forever and you know politicians, it's a scary thing for a politician to give up that office to give up the power it's a great gig to be a member of congress yeah. i enjoyed it um it's really scary and look i i, I would do it again i i, I have no regrets but I, I gotta look in the mirror every week i i lost everything yeah. and liz cheney's got a big name and uh she's got legacy she's a cheney uh, she may not have to leave the Republican Party. She's big enough, but she has zero future, zero, in the Republican Party right now.
1: So that's interesting because there's you know, there a bunch of people, you know, who are urging her to, you know, start a third party or, you know, whether she could, like you, challenge Trump or, or in the in the 2024. But I saw that you pushed back pretty hard on Twitter, you know, saying that for two years, yeah. up, you know, you believed that Trump. Uh, and the Republican Party are a threat to our democracy. So for two years now, I've been on Team Democrat, helping to get Democrats elected. Not easy to do for a conservative like me, but but country comes first. Where are you with, with her, you know, with that speculation about uh, starting a third party or her running in 2024?
2: Hey, Joe, I hope she doesn't start a, a third party. I hope she doesn't run as an independent, because I think that will all... Help Trump. Look, I hope she gets to where I got, and it's it's a tough place to get. I, I mean, Joe, ten years ago, if you and I were talking, Tea Party Joe Walsh now actively out there helping Democrats. But if you play it out, if you believe like I do that uh, the Republican Party is a threat to our democracy, well, then you have to defeat Republicans. Well, then. The only people who can defeat republicans are democrats well then for right now i'm on team democrat i've got to help democrats get elected liz cheney to be consistent had better get to that place she better get there it's not good enough to say the republicans are a threat to our democracy but i'm still going to help some of these republicans get elected that's bullshit no if 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 you're going to do it, you've got to support right now the only party that can prevent Republicans from winning. I hope she does that.
0: Trippy, you've you've said this often that that the best way to to kind of stamp out this authoritarian movement is we just got to keep beating them and beating them. And I, you know, I think you actually both tweeted this, which is why I wanted to bring it up. You're you're both talking about Ron Brownstein, our friend Ron Brownstein's piece in the yeah. Atlantic that came out today or yesterday when we're recording this. But he, the the subheader was to save the GOP, and this is about Liz Cheney's 2024 chances and her strategy. She may first have to destroy it. And I, I want to go back to you, Joe Walsh, because I mean, when you when you ran against Trump in 20 now. I mean, they did everything they could to keep you off the yeah. debate stage and preserve his run through. So, so how realistic is that 2024 campaign for Liz Cheney? And realistically, what impact could she actually make really for both of you?
2: So the context, Alex, is this. So I, I primary Trump in 2020. And let's be honest, who the hell was I? a one-term congressman radio talk show host. But even for a little pipsqueak like me, the RNC canceled 22 primaries and caucuses. So Liz Cheney is a much bigger name than me. So if Liz Cheney were to get involved in a Republican primary, there's no telling what they'll do. They will do everything to, to minimize her. There's no way she could win a primary. She wouldn't even register. I suppose the only reason she would do it, Alex, is to just beat him up every day to try to soften him for the general, but I I, I don't know that that would would happen. So look, the last thing I'll say, guys, is as a former politician, you always want to be relevant, and and we always think, oh, I got to run for office to be relevant. I think Liz Cheney needs to do some soul searching, and maybe that's not the best use of for her time and, and and energy.
1: Joe, one of the things I wanted to talk about, getting sort of to twenty twenty two for a second here, the the one thing that uh, I've been talking to our audience about quite a bit is is twenty ten. Uh, you know, when the Tea Party uh, yeah. in the Obama midterm had had an incredible uh, strong. Uh, victories in the House, but ended up with three or four really over-the-top candidates for Senate in Delaware, Missouri, and, and Nevada. That yep. In that whole wave midterm, uh, showed a, that, that there was decoupling between Obama's approval numbers and when the candidate was too extreme in, in those Senate races. And so one of the things I I've been... Talking about is, I think we're seeing that decoupling again with Biden, where Biden's numbers are, and with some of the candidates like Dr. Oz, Herschel Walker, J.D. Vance, and, and you know Arizona. Yep. What might be different this time, because you've seen, you know, the polls are starting to look like, well, maybe that that could happen in the Senate again, and Dem- Democrats could actually. Pick up a few seats instead of what's supposed to happen in the mid, in a midterm with with Biden's numbers being where they're at. But the other thing I, I'm starting to see, and I think uh, our friend Simon Rosenberg put put mm-hmm. a, tweeted something about this today. There are a whole bunch of Republican incumbents in the House that are also in you know in the low 40s right now with a d- Democratic challenger either even or ahead of them. And I'm starting to, and I've been saying for some time, I thought the ultra mega candidates that are being nominated, there's so many of them in some of these races that, that this year could be better if we all keep doing the work and they keep doing this crazy stuff. And I want to get your take since you were there in 2010 and, and, and are seeing this as we go into 2022.
2: Yeah, this, Joe, this could be, this could be one of those weird years that defies history. uh, Because history says, right, you know, Dems are going to get bonked in the House and the Senate. I think you're right when it comes to the Senate. Republicans have put up a bunch of crazy candidates, and that's going to hurt them. Um, I I work with an organization called Center Street PAC, and we're trying to help get responsible Dems and Republicans elected. And pretty much we're working only with Dems. And I look at Ohio. We're really helping Tim Ryan. Ohio's a tough state for Democrats. Tim Ryan's doing really, really well. And he's got a great chance to win because of J.D. Vance. Uh, But Joe, you also make a really interesting point. I'm for the first time thinking the Dems could keep it competitive in the house. And I I, I think about what happened in Kansas. And I just keep thinking there could be a real undercurrent of this Roe v. Wade issue that we kind of all take for granted. Nobody's talking about it anymore. But I really think that could be real powerful still this November.
1: Yeah, well, you're seeing signs of that with higher turnout, as you saw in Kansas, and, and the Republican turnout was was yeah. much lower in terms of, you know, the, the enthusiasm of, get, of and the turnout percentages were much higher for Democrats there than with Republicans. Yeah. And also in a couple of these House specials we've seen, even though Democrats lost them, the turnout differential was much better for Democrats and they were closer than, 80, than it should have been people running at, uh, way ahead of where Biden ran just two years ago. So
2: one caveat to all this is um, uh, the FBI search warrant executed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I, I, I talk to Republicans every day and I've never seen Repu- I haven't seen Republicans this angry. Since before January sixth, as they are now, and not just mega Republicans. Uh, weirdly, you know this. The, the The FBI search warrant has really strengthened Trump within the party, and it's it's kind of fired up Republicans across the board. Uh, I, I worry about that.
1: No, that's one of the things I I, I like about your podcast, uh, and would like you to talk a little bit uh, about it with our audience. Because on your podcast, you have these real conversations, talk about real conversations that you've had with actual Trump voters about everything from January sixth to COVID, and you, you you tweet about it a lot too. And I, I just, what have you learned from those conversations? And what, I mean, is there any movable group out there, or as you said now with the search warrant, is it just? sort of led to more energy, more, more polarization. What are, you, what are you hearing now?
2: Yeah, so Joe and Alex, this is part of my penance. I have to do this for the rest of my life because I come from the GOP cult and I helped divide the country. Uh, part of my penance is to deal with the cult every day and try to save people from the cult. Um, it's, it's exhausting work, but I'll, I'll tell you, Every week, I'm able to move a few people from the cult. The vast majority just say "F you, Joe." Get lost. Trump's a god. Um, I, I've I've found Joe. The only way to reach some of them is to just repeatedly put little nuggets of truth in front of them, like Joe Biden won the election, right? And they'll push back, and then I'll just walk them through the election. Walk them through you know, the 62 court appearances that didn't produce anything, but most of them are, are unreachable. But I I just think it's so important not to give up on uh, these people because they're so radicalized and it can be so dangerous. Like I really, really, really worry about violence right now um, because of what I hear from these folks. I haven't worried about violence like this, like I have since the weeks leading up to January 6th.
1: I I, mean, I guess what I'm trying to get is why are they so unshakable with, I mean, where you get to the point where, you, uh, you know, cause I do it too, I talk, where you, you've gone through all the facts, they've actually kind of nodded their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, it's like, well, I don't care. I'm still for them, you know, I'm still.
0: Yeah, like R- Rusty Bowers, who's a decent guy for, by all accounts, yeah. right? Who yeah. went through all his testimony. By the way, he's now thrown out yeah. of the Republican party, got his ass kicked in the primary. And at the end of his testimony, he said, oh, by the way, I'd still vote for
2: him. What I've what I found, guys, is that with most of them, when you get to that point where they nod their head, they nod their head, they nod their head. And then they finally say, fuck you, Joe, I'm still with him. Um, I'm not the only guy who has said this over the last five years. Um, And and a number of people say this, but I think we need to understand what it really means. Uh, The party is a cult. And at the end of the day, it's damn near impossible for most of these folks to admit that their cult leader is wrong. Joe, when I primary Trump, I, camp, I was campaigning in Iowa and Trump had a rally in Iowa and I decided to work the, the rope line in, at, that, at the Trump rally. And I, I spoke to everybody in line going into the rally, and I spoke to 40 Trump supporters in line, and I asked all 40 of them a simple question, has Donald Trump ever told a lie? And all 40 of them said no, and they didn't hesitate. It's, they, they cannot acknowledge that he's done anything wrong, ultimately.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that we did, a, 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 I was talking to somebody who, did, who looked really looked deep into the Wyoming results on Cheney. And the fascinating thing was that Hageman actually performed six points worse than Trump did. In other words, it, that just shows you how little, in, in, in a weird way, yeah. that there was, there was 6%. And, and by the way, I think that 6% percentage difference might have been because... I can see 6% of Democrats, you know, actually showing up and right. switching parties on Election Day. So it's almost like there was almost nothing that moved away from a Trump-endorsed candidate against Cheney. And then we're talking about Liz Cheney, who's, you know, I think you, you disagree. I understand a lot of Democrats, oh, she's a Cheney, et cetera. But, you, you know, she's been pretty solidly out there defending democracy, taking on Trump. Enough so that I think she probably did get six, seven, eight points of of Democrats to vote for her. But that means that almost no one in the Republican Party that has been voting for Trump in Wyoming did anything but vote for his candidate.
2: Yeah, you know, the the, the rule for Republicans the last five years has been this. If if you're a a Trump cheerleader like my former buddy Jim Jordan, uh, you will be a rock star in the party. If you are a Trump enabler kind of like a coward like Marco Rubio, uh, you're gonna do, you'll do just fine in the party. But if you publicly stand against Trump as a Republican, you're done. You're, you're, you're done. You have no future. I, I often think, guys, like even if the party changes back in 10 to 12 years, people like me and Liz Cheney, I don't think the voters will ever accept us, even 12 years down the road, Because we were so outspoken against him.
1: You mentioned already about the FBI warrant. You know, we had uh, Weisselman plead guilty to 15 counts today. Yeah. As people are hearing this tomorrow, is any of this? I mean, are we we, you seeing any toll at all from the hearings, from the any of these these you know these indictments or anything? If the Justice Department or Georgia or somebody does implicate or indict the you know trump is that just going to be even further fuel on the fire that like you said that's already happening because of the you know rally around him or do you think it's doing there's any chance it'll do any damage
2: i think i said on cnn a couple days ago that an indicted donald trump will easily still be the nominee and i believe that now now trump in jail that's another story but i think an indicted donald trump um will still be a badge of honor. And what's, what's too bad, Joe, is talking to these people every day. Over the course of the summer, I did see some softening among Republican voters because of the Jan 6 hearings, not because they were watching them. But what I would hear from these folks is, uh, I like DeSantis, speak, and I love Trump, but, you know, it's going to be too hard for Trump to win because of all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I support DeSantis. Um, there, there was some softening there. But then this FBI thing happened. And oh, my God, it just it just inflamed the whole party. Uh, now, that, I don't know if that's long term, but it, it, it brought everybody back to him.
0: So you're saying, you're basically saying, or maybe you're not, so so feel free, Joe, to correct this, but they found another strongman, essentially, right? Bingo. The cult moved on to another one. So in theory, is there, you know, maybe going the opposite way from Trippy, what you were saying, is there damage that can be done to him, whether it's an indicted, an indicted whether it's an actual sentence, whether it's more, and look, no one else is going to speak out at this point, but, you know, whether the hearings continue, is there anything that can be done that so weakens him, again, to that point that that the, the cult starts looking for somebody else?
2: Yeah, I supp- and I, I, I say that, and I mean it, like if he's indicted, he could still be the nominee. I generally believe that, but if it gets more serious, if he's indicted and in, on, on three or four different fronts, if he's indicted right. for some really serious shit, then I think, Alex, then you're going to get the base saying again, I love this guy, right. but damn it, I want to win in 24. So DeSantis, I guess, is still our better authoritarian. I, I think there's a point where that could happen again. But understand Desantis's supporters are all Trump supporters. They just want to win in 24.
1: Right. So they're 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 already looking for who who the next Trump is. Yeah. The Secretary of State's offices are up this time. What they've been doing to elect or or change the way the elections have happened. Uh, uh, get elect elect election officials that'll uh, be more partisan for them. Et cetera. But the, I I still like think. That we've got to all concentrate on that. I I know people are focused on a whole lot of different races out there, but Joe, if they take the house back, which you know we all talk about that that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, We we've talked on this podcast earlier uh, in the show uh, that you and I think there's a there things are sort of in the works that that may not happen. But if it does the threat in 2024 of what that House majority would do is just, uh, I mean, th- that is the, that's the reason I'm so focused, I think, on 2022. I know everybody's looking at, well, what about Liz Cheney or whoever in 2024? Is Trump, if he's indicted, will he run, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if if they win the House, ha- if, if this authoritarian Republican party takes over the majority in the House and has the power to certify whatever the the electors that show up are. I just can't even see them doing anything but certifying Trump, which actually makes me think he, if he hasn't announced uh, before they take the majority, he'll announce right after they take the majority because he knows, he knows. What's your take on that?
2: No, Joe, you're so right, man. It's scary. It's scary shit, which is why I'm on Team Democrat right now. I mean, basically, the vast majority of Republicans winning primaries this year are election deniers. I mean, think about that. Election deniers, candidates for secretaries of state all over the country. Joe, you're spot on. This is where our focus has got to be. We got to beat these people. By the way, Liz Cheney said two days ago that every election denier should be beat. Well, I hope then Liz Cheney will say tomorrow, then we got to support all the Democrats running against them. That's one thing. The second scary thing is, if the Republicans take control of the House, look, there's a crazy caucus, uh, a caucus within the Republican caucus right now, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Jordans, the Lauren Bulberts, the crazy caucus is gonna grow. There are gonna be more Marjorie Taylor Greens. Um, and, that, that's, and that's gonna have huge impact on what a Speaker McCarthy might do. Uh, the final thing I'll say though is politically, if the Republicans take the House, I think it will help the Democrats because the Republicans aren't gonna do anything But stupid, stupid stuff like investigate, investigate everything, and probably try to impeach Biden, Merrick Garland, everybody, that's going to royally turn off the American people.
1: Look, I think, people, we got a lot of work to do out there. I hope you'll give uh, Joe's podcast a listen. We'll put it in the show notes. And if you haven't, go to jointheunion.us and and join together as Republicans, Democrats, and independents in a pro-democracy coalition to do everything we can to win these uh, Secretary of States, these House races, and gain a few seats in the Senate. I think it's all possible, but we got to do the work. You know, Joe, I I don't know if you have any uh, closing thoughts, but I I want to thank you for coming on. And uh, I mean, I've been looking uh, forward to talking to you because... uh, uh, it's been a while since we've been on the air
2: together. I missed those days Joe Trippy <laughs> uh,
1: we'll, well we'll hopefully get back back to that but right now it's like fight for the stuff we we could agree on uh, in our democracy and uh, again really uh, appreciate you coming on it.
2: I just I just want to close and just give kudos to you, brother because you have been a, a good rebel your whole career. And you made a rebel move, a good rebel move, joining the Lincoln Project. Uh, and, and you did that for one reason, because you're in the fight to save this democracy. So keep doing what you're doing, my friend.
1: No, thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. And uh, I mean the same thing. It's great to be with you in this coalition to, 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 to stop uh, the enemies of democracy out there. Amen. Uh, and we'll put a link to Joe's podcast in our, uh, and, and other work in our show notes. Uh, We'll be back next week, everybody. And of course, please subscribe to That Trippy Show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. And you can always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. See you next time. Thanks again, Joe.